0: But let's move on to other news. And I think the big one for me is uh, the announcement that Peter Sterling is stepping down from Channel Nine.
1: That really affected me when I read that. I just I wasn't expecting it, and it just made me think how underappreciated he's been for the last ten years.
0: And he's just kind of he's kind of flying under the radar for that period because he hasn't gone along with Channel Nine nonsense. He's just kind of remained this dignified presence, not pushing an agenda, just still as sharp as ever with his analysis. And yeah, like he's one of the best, without any doubt.
1: Well, I mean, hit the nail on the head with dignified. He reminds me of like Richie Beno, those type of guys, Ian Heads type men that just you know respect the game, respect the position. Mm. On our Twitter, we put it out last night that news, and, and there's an outpouring of like love for Sterlo. Uh, his commentary that is,
0: yeah, yeah, he's been in our lives as as a commentator now for you know nearly thirty years,
1: and I can't remember him ever being biased in the commentary box, yeah, and it gets Parramatta, someone made the point online that he's even um anti Parramatta to combat any perceived bias, yeah, yeah, uh, hard on them, as it were.
0: I don't think it's so much combating bias as the sheer amount of disappointment he must have been <laughs> feeling watching Parramatta for. <laughs>
1: Is it any uh, coincidence that Gutherson's haircut comes out last week <laughs> and he retires the week after? <laughs> that Barnett talk was uh, rough.
0: <laughs> but uh, when you think about Sterlo, the freeze it right there analysis, like so iconic and at the time in the early 90s, that was like groundbreaking in terms of rugby league coverage. Yeah, it was, yeah. I'll always think of it as the Sturlow phrase, you know, and it's a style that's kind of much imitated, but I still think he was the guy. He's the best at it.
1: And like one of the RLD listeners pointed out, he was doing commentary as he was still playing in the finals and stuff like mm. that as well. So he's been going for over 30 years. Yeah. And he's a true professional. Like he treated that like a career, not like um a jack-off, you know?
0: Yeah, Exactly. If we look at the landscape now, I think Nine is a lost cause. I don't think Fox is any better and we can maybe get to that. But when I think about Joey now, his demise as a commentator or an analyst, it's tragic. Like when he first started doing it, it looked like he was just going to be the new Sturlow. Like he was sharp. He was so perceptive. He was so good. And then he's just been dragged into the bullshit. and. Now all he does is push his agenda.
1: He was. He was the greatest analyst. He was the eighth immortal. Yeah. And he was better than Sterlo at analysis because no one's Andrew Johns. He was even better than Peter Sterling. Imagine saying that. And now he's basically Gus Jr.
0: Yeah, yeah. He totally is. Just when you say that, it, it made me th- Something I've been thinking about in terms of Sterlo and Joey today is, you know, we laugh at the never played the game, insults it, directed it, you know, journalists and the like. And to me, it doesn't matter whether a journalist or, you know, a play by play commentator played the game. And in most circumstances, it's better if they didn't. Like, it's a different job with a completely different skill set. But with your analysts, it just seems to be the case that they're not credible unless they've played or coached at like the very highest level.
1: Yeah. And when you have done that, you've got the insight too. I mean, Cooper Cronk's. Coming along, I hate to say it, amazingly well at Fox with his analysis. So, well, I want to talk um, a bit
0: about Cooper Cronk because I think he's pretty good. Like, you know, I think he has a lot to offer. His voice is kind of garbled. I think he's much better on the panel than he is during games. Yeah. That's something that I'm sure will improve over time. But but Joey and Freddie had the same problem. Yeah. He could yeah. understand a word. There, yeah. So. I just feel like I to. he's held up as this genius. like He knows what's going to happen three plays before it happens. And like I think he's just fine. I like him and I'm looking forward to hearing him for years to come. But I think there's been a bit too much hype about Cooper Cronk.
1: Well, I think he's exactly like a, as a footballer. He's not a natural. He's just working and mm. you know, I have to work that hard to become the best and he will. Yeah, Compared to what he's working with at Fox, mm. Ennis and Braith and stuff like that. I mean, God, he's uh, miles ahead already, but... When you've got a guy that's, you know, played that many test matches and that many origins and won that many competitions, uh, he's going to have a good insight into the the X's and O's, as it were.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I do think he's head and shoulders above, you know, most of the current crop of, you know, recent retirees who have entered the box. I just haven't seen a lot of talent emerge.
1: We'll talk about some positive stuff in a moment, but we'll keep going the negative. The commentary is an all-time low, in my view. Yeah. And we've discussed it on a few Patreon apps. but let's get it out there now. My personal bugbear is not these um, poor colour guys and colour women. It's the blokey announcer, which is the antithesis of Sterlo, treating it like it's a beer and a bet down the pub yeah. um, chat rather than a play-by-play job. And then you've got this... Channel 9's got this vibe, and it started with Aaron Molin where they wanted everything to be, like, on the fence and sanitized and, you know, Michael Clark media-trained sort of vibe, and that's seeped through their coverage. Like, their hosts are all, like, boring and there's no opinion. And then Fox has become... I don't know what Fox has become. What is it? Like, a tabloid
0: journalism-style
1: yeah. vibe. It sucks.
0: Like, Fox used to be the place you go to escape the Channel 9 coverage, and... I'd say at this point, Nine's probably ahead of Fox. Like, Fox is just dreadful at the moment.
1: Well, That's saying something.
0: Yeah. And I think part of it is that tabloid style, and, and you're seeing more and more the journalists feeding in to the Fox panel shows. But with both Nine and Fox, I think what's missing is the Sterlo type. And it doesn't have to be someone as good as Sterlo, but what you, you will always have no shortage of in rugby league is blowhards. I don't actually mean that in a pejorative sense. I I just mean the fact that you get an old hard head forward, whether it's Rex Mossop or Noel Kelly through to Blocker, uh, you know, MG, now you've got Gal. Like, you'll always have those guys, and they're kind of necessary, you know, as much as you want to, like, bag them out from time to time. You kind of need those types in the coverage.
1: (laughs) I agree wholeheartedly. Like, have a couple of them. Yeah, this is the
0: problem (laughs) because you need to balance that with someone like Sterlo, you know, someone that does have that dignity, someone that can speak intelligently and say really perceptive things, and they're just not there.
1: It just sounds like a couple of blokes whining, which is the Rugby League fans' best pastime, but I think it's a major, major blight of the game, yeah. the presentation at the moment. Yeah. They've got the cameras going well, cameras look great. Right? Yeah, the
0: cameras look great. It's definitely like a well-oiled machine in terms of how they present it. It's just being let down you know, by most of the people calling it.
1: I was watching um, the NRL on 9 YouTube channel, watching the extended highlights, and the commentary has really turned me off. And yeah, Guys just, like, trying to manufacture hype mm. and, and then that blokey voice and then the whining and hey, how are they going to take this try off him? Yeah. I, yeah. I never want to hear oh, that again no, in my life. I, know. I cannot They're not stand trying to it. take anything off anyone. Anyway. Yeah. They're trying to enforce the <laughs> rules.
0: Uh, but we're a broken record on that front. So how about we turn to the actual on-field situation. I think there's a a lot of public burnout and, you know, the rules and and everything else, is, I don't want to go into it again, but like there's been a lot of negativity about the footy this year. And, you know, with the Olympics, for me personally it hasn't felt as vital. This has also conveniently timed in with the capitulation of my dragons following on from Vornie's barbecue. But i, I got to say, like the back end of the season is actually shaping up as quite exciting, and I think we got a taste of it over the weekend.
1: Yeah, great football, actually, like the actual exciting play. But the latter, you got this clear one, two, three, and then a golf, but there's a huge build-up there around the top eight now. Yeah. Everyone's on 18 points.
0: Yeah. So you're getting more and more matches that there's a lot riding on them. I mean, if you look at your Raiders over the last couple of weeks, Vital game against the Dragons, which, um, you know, you went on to win.
1: So the Raiders beat the Dragons, which was great, right? But the week before we lost to the Knights. Yeah. And the Knights are now sniffing around. Who would have thought that? And they're getting their troops back at the right time. And they're looking good, amazingly.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, if you look ahead to this week...
1: Well, this week, all the contending teams are playing a good side, except the Knights are playing the Sharks, who are very beatable, in my view.
0: Yeah, but again, for both of those teams, there's a lot riding on it. And at the top end of the table, we've had, not that all of these turned out as, you know, really close matches. Some of them did. But, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've had Para Roosters, Panthers Storm, Panthers Roosters, Melbourne versus Manly. We've got Manly versus Para this week and, you know, the eternal question of uh, Parramatta frauds. And, you know, it goes on and on. So I think, like, it's starting to heat up. And maybe, maybe all the negativity will kind of fade into the background as we get closer to the finals. What, the, the
1: knives are out for BA, Brad Arthur. And I looked at his record. He, he started coaching there as an interim coach in 2012 and then full-time from 2004 to eight. He must be on the World Heritage List. just <laughs> guy cannot be touched. He's, he's uh, untouchable.
0: And it's that classic thing that he gets them to a point and he's done that. And when you have a coach that can do that, like what's the strategy? Unless you're bringing in Trent Robinson, aren't you better off staying with someone who, can bring you success but then you know i can see the other side of that equation as well
1: there's talk of flanagan coming in if flanagan comes in it's a like for like swap you know? yeah
0: flanagan's commentating career seems to have been like you know an eight-week advertisement for a coaching gig <laughs> you got
1: to give the guy credit for um staying power he's been involved in more scandals than uh <laughs> bill clinton and he's still kicking
0: would you make that move
1: well, I think it's time for a change. I mean, I don't mind Brad Arthur, but I mean, how many other coaches have had seven years at a place with no success, pretty much?
0: Uh, well, Mary had a good run. <laughs> how
1: many? I said clubs, not uh, <laughs> disasters. <or anything. laughs>
0: I've
1: been impressed with some of the lower sides this last couple of weeks. Like, the Tigers are playing a bit better footy now. Uh, Broncos are starting to show some glimpses of what next year might be like. mm. And the Warriors, I'm so upset the Warriors have got those injuries and you know the bubble issues and stuff yeah. like that, because if they had a couple more wins there, they'd be pushing for the eight as usual.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Titans are coming good too, which is good to see.
0: It really is a crazy year of footy. When we think about a month ago when we were talking about the Titans and what a disappointment they'd been and how we were surprised they were, you know, still in touch with the eight because they just seemed like, you know, it was a really bad season. And suddenly they're 7th they're and, you know, like yeah, if things go well, they could be a game clear in 7th by, you know, the end of this round. So it really is a weird season all round.
1: Well, if you've got Brimson and Fafita, you're a chance in any game pretty much. Yeah. Even Ash Taylor's playing some decent footy at the mm. moment and it cracked me up. There's a guy on um, online... Some um, Cowboys fans, some young kid who was swearing into the camera, went round viral, and he was calling Ash Taylor Ash failure. It <laughs> <laughs> made my day.
0: Um, this is the point where we'd usually talk about our own clubs, but I'm just getting like hammered with phone calls from my dad neighbors you know <laughs> other dads in the neighborhood all whinging about the dragons at me all day so i'm kind of spent on the dragons i don't have anything else to say to them so if you've got anything
1: yeah well i got something to say about it it's amazing they're still hanging on ben hunts out for what a month tariq sims is playing good football and the fact that they're still in them with a the chance of the eight is amazing to me it's been the worst season ever I've yeah been- like drama.
0: It really has been a terrible season and to be this close to the 8 and there are definitely positive signs you could take away from this season but it's yeah, I'm I'm drained. I'm drained. So I'm handing the floor to you to to say whatever you may want to say about the Raiders but uh, I'm done with the Dragons for 2021.
1: Well, I'd like to reiterate my surprise at how Ricky's reclaimed the dressing rooms. It, it looks like he really has done it amazingly. He might have finally learned some lessons for all the fallouts he's had over the years with clubs. And the way he's always stacked the forwards at the Raiders, we've got like pretty much two first grade packs. Mm. Uh, I always thought it's a bit of a waste, but now we've got like loads of um injuries in the backs and we're finding replacements in the lower grades and they're doing a fine job. And then we've got this gun forward pack with gun forwards on the bench, so... I think it's paying off this forward-heavy rotation because now you can get your forwards going forward and, and your juniors can play okay off the back of that you can't do it the other way around.
0: Uh, it's a tough run home for the Raiders. Melbourne on Thursday night, then Manly, then the Warriors, then the Roosters.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, it's kind of a... Th- I think they've got to win two of those minimum. Yeah. They've got to win Man- uh, Manly and Warriors at least. I'll give them a loss to Melbourne, <laughs> the juggernaut, Um and uh, if we can get Roosters, hopefully they'll be even more depleted by then. We can get them out. Yeah, talk about like—is the game become a system game now? Because look at the injuries that the Roosters and the Storm have had this year, and they're still blowing everybody away.
0: Yeah, that's so right. It's become a system game. It totally has.
1: What the Storm have done and what Craig Bellamy's done is just incredible. Yeah, the guy goes back to what two thousand or something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous. And just on the Roosters, like. They're so beat up, and I don't think anyone views them as a legitimate premiership threat, but yet they're still there. And, you know, they could very yeah. well replace Parramatta in the top four this week.
1: I love the Sam Walker story. It's just been beautiful this year. One of the highlights of the year for me. Mm. And he's you know, making line breaks every game, kicking well and try assists and everything. But they've got so much depth. They've got young guns coming through, and they've got great depth there at the Roosters, too.
0: Mmm. What's the scenario of Melbourne not winning the comp this year?
1: I don't know. Well, Penrith are pretty good and Souths are coming along really well.
0: Yeah. I think Penrith need to get back on the rails a little bit. South seem to be coming good at the right time of the year. So I do think there is a legitimate chance that we get like a really great final series. I'm kind of bullish about Rugby League over the next eight weeks or so.
1: Yeah, he should be. It's, it's going to be a good series. I can feel it.
0: Yeah. So we will ramp up these current talk episodes as we get closer to the finals. Just before we finish, I know you've been um, really enjoying Cleveland Rugby League at the moment. So do you want to maybe take the floor on that?
1: Well, I do want to take the floor because I now have immense respect for Daily Cherry Evans because I myself have backflipped Royal <laughs> on the New York Freedom Rugby League Club. And I've switched my allegiances in the NARL, the North American Rugby League, to the Cleveland Rugby League Club. And the reason I've done this is because we follow them online, on Twitter mostly, and I've just got joined their YouTube as well actually. They do so much, so much Great work. I don't know if it's their digital guy or their community outreach guy or whatever, the CEO, but they're out in the community every week at schools and underprivileged kids um, areas and running clinics and they're just flying the flag for rugby league that you wouldn't believe. It's beautiful Mm. to see.
0: Where are we at on the NARL? Like, what are they flying the flag for?
1: Well, they're just flying the flag for the sport at the moment. Yeah. Everybody wants to death ride the NARL, but we can't even get a Rugby League World Cup going in the pandemic, yeah. so let's give them a break. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got the first genuine star of the um, NARL, in, in Monty Gaddis, is the ex-NFL guy. Mm. Played some um, college and arena league and stuff like that, and he's like the face of the club, and he's putting on massive hits on all the highlights. So join him up on Twitter. Uh, at Clee Rugby League, C-L-E Rugby League, and then um, Cleveland Rugby League on YouTube. And you can see all the highlights and all their stuff they're doing. I love it.
0: And I think they had the best logo of all the clubs too. I I thought that was a a pretty cool look.
1: Agreed. And like I said, Cherry Evans, he has my utmost respect for backflipping. It feels great when you do it.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I, I really hope we see some more positive developments on that front. But yeah, shout out to Cleveland Rugby League uh and uh, you got anything else to add before we get out of here
1: no but i mean that was a negative episode again we've got to try and get some positives into this uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's not exactly uh sunshine and rainbows uh time of the year but uh hopefully the finals come around and we can put a smile on our faces
0: Yeah, I'm really hoping for that. But yeah, so so everyone out there, I think quite a lot of you are are like us in lockdown. So take care, try to stay sane. And hopefully we will see you on the other side of it. Uh, So we will speak to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening.